clever. Hey guys, uh, while you're getting situated, getting settled, go ahead and turn to your neighbor and tell them you look so good tonight. Okay, okay, now turn to the neighbor that you so rudely ignored, your other neighbor, and tell them that they look even better, that they look great. You look so good tonight. <sighs> Y'all are so kind to each other. Hey, next students, let's hone it in. If we haven't met before, if we haven't yet met, again, my name is Jacob. I would love the chance to meet you. I know there's a lot of you in here, so I have my work cut out for me. But I want to put a face to your name. I want to introduce myself. And I will let you know that if you happen to come introduce yourself to me tonight or throughout this year, that I have a couple questions, uh, three to be exact, that I always ask people. And if your answers are good enough, maybe the question will tell you a little bit about yourself that you haven't yet uh, figured out. Or maybe you don't know about yourself yet. So if you're curious, come talk to me. I'd love to meet you. Um, and like I said, so many awesome faces, so many new faces, so many returning faces. It's fall launch. That's what this is all about. And so, of course, I want to point out that we say something here at Next on Wednesday nights. We call Wednesday nights the best night of, <laughs> thank you, finishing my sentence, best night of the week. And here's why. We call this the best night of the week because we hope that this would be a place that you can't wait to come back to every week. Firstly, because you have a home here. This is a place that week in and week out, we will be waiting for you expectantly. We'll celebrate your highs your wins, your successes, your good days, and we'll walk alongside you when stuff gets hard. And nobody here is going to sweep the hard things under the rug. Secondly, we hope that this place would be fun for you, that you would look forward to spending time with your peers in a real and authentic community. We don't want to do anything that's fake or manufactured. And then lastly and most importantly, we hope that this would be a place where you can experience and encounter God in some really special ways. And I know you're all coming in here out of summer, out of last school year, coming out of middle school, some of you, and you're carrying some stuff. Maybe it's stuff that you love and you're excited about. Maybe it's stuff that's heavy and hard. And maybe some of you got some stuff that you feel like you need to figure out with God before you can really know him or be loved by him or trust in him. But what's true, friends, for all of you tonight is that there is a God who is real. And what he says is, come to me and I will give you rest. And so I hope that Wednesday nights would also be a place where you can find rest in Jesus. So that's why we call this the best night of the week, and it's so good to be back. And tonight, you probably got it from that video, but we're going to be talking simply about the next generation. And I'm going to get a little bit intense tonight, so bear with me. But we're focusing on one verse, and it's from Psalm 145. Um, so if you want to flip there now, we'll come back to it in a little bit. But Psalm 145, 
This, is, this verse is actually like our vision for next. And it's, it's this. It says, one generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. And as we understand what is being said here tonight, we can think about it like this. One generation will declare the truth, the truth, the story of all that God has done to the next generation. And as I was prepping for this message, I couldn't get this story out of my head. And this story isn't just like a made-up story. It's actually a novel that I happened to read in high school, and so maybe some of you guys would recognize it. It's called The Giver. And The Giver is also now a movie that I happened to watch this summer. And coming across this story and being reminded of it as I prepped this message, I, I thought that you know, this, this story gives us a unique perspective it, it sets us up to get a framework for the generation that we are a part of. I see a lot of similarities. And so as we get going tonight, I want to, like, paint that picture. I want to talk about this story for a moment, and I want to point that back to us and where we're at tonight. So can we roll? We got the trailer here. I wanna get, want you guys to check this out. Disorder became harmony. Let's run that back. Let's run that back. Boom. Here we go. From great suffering came a solution. Communities. Injected. Serene, beautiful places where disorder became harmony. Do you know how to fly those? Absolutely. Do you get to fly to the edge? Oh, yeah. What's best there? Don't know. We're not allowed to fly past that. Let's go. It's against the rules, Jonas. They're called books. Hello. Uh, my name. I know who you are. Who are you? The giver. When the elders need guidance, I provide wisdom using memories of the past. Our world was different. There was more. More? Much more. Right. You'll see them all in time, all colors, all differences. Our people chose to do away with emotions. Those morning injections take them away. When people have the freedom to choose, they choose wrong. Tomorrow morning, skip your injection. I've been doing it for months. What do you feel? He's not usually like this. I'm surprised you're not more worried about him. I would be. Bring up Jonas's activity. He's inquisitive. You should know better than anyone. The way things look and the way things are are very different. Watch. That's my father. There is no way for me to prepare you for the truth. He killed him. The young and the old are killed. For the good of all of us. There are things you don't know. You're scaring me. Go back to your family unit. It isn't my family, and neither is yours. Jonas has become dangerous. I know that there's something more, something that has been stolen. Comfortable? Jonas. There has to be a way to show them. You can stop this. You can change things.
That's the giver. Pretty intense. Lots of bass, lots of intense shots there. Hey, hopefully you got the gist of the story. But in short, this story is about a society. Guys, I always hit Siri when I'm preaching. I don't know why. This story is about a society that has created its own reality and abandoned real truth in the name of solving problems of disorder and conflict and crime, all memories of the past, things like the beauty of a coastal sunset, the tragedy of war, the innocence and the joy of a Christmas morning with family, all of that has been removed from their minds and is kept in the mind of just one man who passes down the memories into the next receiver. That's what they call that person. And they do that over and over again, keeping it hidden from everyone. And if you caught it in the opening lines of that trailer, the leader of this society describes the world that they live in as serene and beautiful. A place where order, or sorry, disorder becomes harmony. And I said it before, but I think that this story reflects our own generation. I'm part of your generation, so before you tune me out, like I'm 21, I'm, I'm in this with you, right? This is our generation. And there's a lot of connections in some really interesting ways. So check this out because I want you to see it. Serene and beautiful, that's what they called it. But I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't see anything serene or beautiful about a colorless world where beauty is diminished to nothing but a monochrome, black and white, lifeless environment. That's their world. Our culture and our generation has attempted to redefine and diminish beauty to filters, facades, fashion, and false identities. And so no longer is beauty found in what's natural or created. And I don't know about you, but I don't see anything serene or peaceful about a world where emotions are simply regulated and controlled through daily medication. If you caught it, they take injections every morning to rid their emotions. And so that takes away humanity from their life. You see, our culture, our generation, we've learned to regulate and control our emotions through that dopamine hit that we get when we scroll on social media. Maybe it's through substances like drugs or alcohol that we use to self-medicate our problems. I don't know about you, but there's nothing beautiful about the home being redefined as simply a family unit. He said, that's not my family, and neither is yours. Because it's just a couple people who live together and don't really have the capacity to really love one another. And you heard me touch on it briefly at the beginning of that message it or uh, intro video. It might have got cut off. But this generation has been called and labeled a fatherless generation. Where more and more homes and families are broken and devalued. And then you'd probably have to watch the movie to catch this one. They touched on it for a second. But there's nothing that says harmony or beauty about the fact that this society kills the vulnerable, both the old and the young, in the name of protecting their convenience and controlling their population. Friends, we know that our culture, our generation, has prioritized its comfort and its convenience over the lives of the innocent and the valuable. In this trailer, we hear one of the characters, she comes to this realization where she says, I know there's something more. Something has been stolen. 
And we see the main character, Jonas, he becomes the new receiver. And he inherits all the memories of the past, the beauty, the emotion, the color, joy, truth, love. And everything that comes with the human experience becomes real to him. And he figures out a way to get all of that back to his generation. He figures out that it's been stolen. And he figures out a way to get it back to them. Because he knows that they've all been living a lie. But that required a huge sacrifice. He had to face persecution and trial and rejection. He even almost lost his life. Many tried to stop him from disrupting the order of the lies that they were living in, the reality that they were captive to. They didn't want him to disrupt it. But he knew the truth was worth it, that there was more out there and that those people who were enslaved to a lie needed to know that there is more. And in our generation, many are attempting to steal truth, to redefine truth on their own terms. And as a result, we have a generation. I told you I'm getting intense tonight. Launch night. We have a generation as a result of that that is dominated by confusion, depression, identity crises, anxiety, and everything beautiful and true has been covered with a lie. Now that's broad. Praise God, that's not true of everyone in this room. But that's the generation that we're all a part of. And friends, I start there tonight because tonight's message is about us. The next generation, I want you to consider the fact that you are next. It's not just the name of our ministry. Next actually defines the future of this world, and in our case, the future of God's plan for the world, which is the church. And we need to see that there is more. You need to see that there is more. There's more for you. There's more for us as a generation. David Kinnaman is a researcher who does a lot of work studying and understanding this generation and how we deal with faith. And he said this, if you throw the, the quote up on the screen, he said, we believe this generation wants and needs more. And we believe the abundant way of Jesus, the family of God called the church, and the ancient call of Christian mission can answer the stifled longings of this anxious age. Just like Jonas, we need to have our eyes open to the fact that the reality of our world, that reality itself and truth, ultimate truth, are most clearly expressed in God's word. This right here. Reality and truth are most clearly expressed in God's word, the things he's done, who he is, and who he's called us to be. It's all in here. And so this generation faces daily attempts to steal the truth and replace it with lies. That's real. You know I laid out a few of them earlier, some big ones, and I'm reminded of this, this week on Monday, we had our staff Bible study, and Troy Dobbs, our senior pastor, he said this, I think it's great. He said, Jesus loves truth. Jesus speaks the truth. Jesus is the truth, and he was talking about the verse in John 8 that says, the truth will set you free. And he ends the statement by saying this. He says, spreading lies and deceptions enslaves people. Spreading lies and deceptions enslaves people. And that last sentence, it says it all. When we abandon truth, we abandon freedom, and we become slaves to a false reality. And so where do we turn to understand this? 
Where do we turn to find answers that our generation that we are looking for? Where is the ultimate truth found? We must go to the source of ultimate truth, which is God and what he's spoken in his word. And that's called the Bible. And it just so happens that God cares a lot about this generation. We see that all over his word again and again. Jesus even used a band of young teenagers and young guys to absolutely flip the world on its head and bring his kingdom into the world. And in our passage tonight, it's short and sweet, but it's important. This passage tonight is part of a prayer that King David prayed, even before Jesus showed up on the scene. King David prayed this prayer. Essentially, he's like in the middle of this worship moment, this, this worship song, kind of like we sang um, thousands of years ago. In this prayer, he says something important about the next gen. Here's what David prays. It's on the screen. Psalm 145, verses 3 and 4. He says, the Lord is great and highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. One generation will proclaim declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. Friends, I have one big idea for you tonight. I have one challenge for you tonight, and I have one massive encouragement for you tonight. And so the big idea is simply that phrase I've been saying over and over tonight. There is more. There's more Because this God we are talking about is literally endless. This passage, it shows David praising God for his greatness, saying that his greatness is unsearchable. And what that means is that nobody can truly know the full greatness of God other than God himself. But even still, he loves us so much and he's so good that he has chosen to reveal things about himself in a way that we can understand. That's a gift. And just like, just like the memories of the past in that fictional story called The Giver, there are true stories and true moments and true ideas that we can unpack about God every single day. And I want you to know that that's all in his word. And I don't care if you live to be 100 years old. There's always more of God. There's always more. And we don't need to be blinded by the lies of today's generation that threaten to enslave us and, and, and keep us in a box. There's always more because our God is endless. When God's truth defines our reality, beauty actually makes sense. He created things to be beautiful. When God's truth defines our reality, our human experience and our emotions can be seen as an opportunity to know more about God Because we were created in his image, and we were created to feel and to love and to experience relationship with him and with others. When God's truth defines our reality, the family can promise acceptance and belonging and real love because we are accepted into God's family. And when God's truth defines our reality, we know that there's always more. I can go on and on. There's more. There's more to life than comfort. Some of you need to hear that. There's more to life 
There's more to your days than what people think. There's more to this school year up ahead of you than success and approval and significance. And there's more because there's a God who loves you and cares about you and wants to restore you to a relationship with himself. If I could say anything to the next generation, it would be that. That should, that should cause us to want more. Jonas didn't get that first memory and then just leave kind of like disinterested, dissatisfied, like whatever. No, he came back. I want more. Show me more. Give me more. Show me the color blue. Tell me about that event that happened in that time. Like he was like, tell me about it. Oh, there's more, there's more, there's more. I want that. And see, the truth, the truth about God is the truth that will bring freedom to your life far more than even that example. And that truth of God will restore this world ultimately to perfect peace that we were intended for. We don't need to manufacture peace. We don't need to create our own reality. We just need to go after Jesus. And friends, I want to make clear that knowing true things about God does not mean you have a relationship with him. But what I do believe is that the more that we understand true things about God, we are more likely to be spurred on by the Holy Spirit to love him and to know him and to live out a real and intimate relationship with him. And so if you're here, you're, you're new to this whole God conversation, you're not really sure, but you're kind of curious, just start with Jesus. He's God in the flesh. He has revealed to us the heart of God in a way that we can understand and relate to because he became one of us and he's God. So start with Jesus. And if you're here and you're new to this whole, um, or you're not new to this whole God conversation, and you've been growing up in the faith and you feel stuck or complacent or you're disinterested, I would just encourage you to take the bold step of faith, of asking God to reveal something new to you about himself. Because that's a prayer that God loves to answer. And there are seasons when we feel disinterested. God's like, but there's more. So ask him for that. And then next, here's my challenge. Here's my challenge for you. Realize that you as an individual and us as a generation need voices that will speak God's truth over us consistently. And you said, bro, I already get that at home, at school. No, you need voices that will speak God's truth over you every single day. I do. I'm part of this generation with you. We need that. In the same way that Jonas needed the giver, right? He needed the giver to pass on the memories and truths about the past. We need to lean into the people who have gone before us, the people that have experienced God and have seen his word be true and better every single time, over and over again, who've gone through the hard seasons. You see, King David, he shouts with praise that one generation, a generation that knew and loved God would proclaim all that God has done to the next generation. He's praising God because one generation will declare so that they would know the truth about who he is and not be deceived, but that they would find the abundant life of Jesus and all of that is available to them in God. And so my encouragement 
my challenge is that all of us must seek out and listen to voices that will tell us the truth. I can't express how important this is. As of 2019, the last time I saw this stat, only 4% of Gen Z has a biblical worldview. What does that mean? It means only 4% of our world looks at the world through a lens of truth. And while the other 96%, they continue to walk through this life stuck in the endless cycle our world tells them is normal and good. And I was there. I gave my life to Jesus halfway through high school. And so I lived that 50-50. No truth, deception, lies, perfect truth, real truth. And I'm testifying that it's true. And so we need people to speak truth. Our peers in our culture are rushing away from the truth of God as fast as they can, and it's a path that leads to death. I can promise you that, but it can be really easy for us, even in this room who are here talking about Jesus on a Wednesday night, it can be easy for us even to give way to these lies when we're not consistently being reminded of the truth. And friends, I want to say that we are committed to being a voice that will consistently speak God's truth over you week in and week out. We are committed to truth here. And so we believe that this generation wants the truth, and we're going to give them that. Even if you didn't want it, we're still going to give it to you. And, and as, as discouraging as it may be that, you know, 4%, that's a sad stat. We know that most of Gen Z is spiritually curious, and actually over 50% of Gen Z specifically wants to know more about Jesus. So at next, we will proclaim God's work, God's works from God's truth. And my ask is that you would simply just keep showing up. That you would keep showing up. Allow us to fulfill our vision of declaring God's truth to the next generation. So buy into this. Lean into God's word to see for yourself all that you might have been missing. Even if you've been in the church your whole life, you might be missing something. Actually, you are missing something. Because there's always more of God. And for those of us, for those of us in this room who know that there is more, that we've experienced that, that we know the truth and we know how beautiful and freeing it is, there is a generation in this room and outside this room that we are a part of that needs to know that there is more, that there is truth. And that ultimate truth is God's truth. So as emphatically as I can say that we need to listen to the voices of past generations that will speak God's truth over us, I would also say that you have a voice that God intends to build his kingdom with. Leverage your influence for your generation. You have a voice. Leverage your influence. Jonas knew that that might mean rejection, resistance, potentially more, but he knew the truth was worth it. And so friends, consider... Wherever you're at right now, is God's truth worth your influence? And is it worth your voice? Truthfully, next, uh, I think we need a vision for this. We, we have to have a vision, but we can't just have a vision. We need to have a vision that's so big that it requires God to do some crazy things. Tim, Tim Keller, he said this once. He said, teenagers today have more information about God than they have experiences of him. 
And so what if we actually depended on God to accomplish our visions? There's more than comfort, right? We talked about that. There's more. What if our visions for our life were God's visions? That what if they were God-sized? A vision in this season of your life, like seeing every single teenager in the Southwest Metro hear the gospel from a friend. I'll go that big. If I could, dude, if I could ask God for anything, it would be that every single student in the Southwest Metro would hear the gospel from a friend. A vision like that is one that we'll get behind. And it starts here. So use your voice here. Leverage your influence here. Grow in your small groups together, which will start next week. And most importantly, continue to fall. This is my plea with you. Continue to fall deeper in love with Jesus because when you understand what it means to have a relationship with him, that will drive you to lead a generation that is looking for more. So, man, I've talked a lot. I got intense tonight. I've talked a lot about God's truth, a lot about God's word, the Bible, but really all of that is one in the same meaning. But next high school, I want you to lean in right now because all of God's word, all of this as a whole, really just points to one thing that I mentioned a few seconds ago. Right, like the heart of this right here is the gospel. I said that word. Every student in the Southwest Metro hearing the gospel from a friend. The word gospel, it simply means good news. And the gospel is the good news about Jesus. And that good news is the truth that makes everything that we've talked about tonight and and everything that we will talk about matter. It makes all of our stories, all our experiences make sense. It's the culmination of all of God's works in history and his longing to redeem what has been broken. It's the solution. It's the plan. It's the power to save. It's the lens through which we see clearly. It's the very thing that this generation is desperate for, whether you know it or not. Friends, in that trailer, right before the giver gives Jonah his first memory, did you catch what he said? He said, there's no way I can prepare you for the truth. And honestly, the gospel is the truth that I can't really prepare you for. Because it's that good. It's that dramatic. And it's that unbelievable. And it's this. God made you to know him. That was his intention from the beginning. And so everything that's broken, hard, and sad, and troubling about today is a result of the fact that our sin separated us from God. Our mistakes, our failures, our brokenness that exists within us separated us from God. And that sin, it can't be removed by good deeds. We can't do it on our own. But that's good news. Because paying the price for our sins in full, Jesus died on the cross and rose again. And because of that, everyone and anyone who trusts in him alone can receive eternal life. Life that not only becomes real and perfect one day, but life that starts today. Jesus calls it the abundant life, and it lasts forever. So that's the gospel. God's word says in Romans 10 that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, 
You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. In a few moments, I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to give you the chance to do that, to confess, to believe, and for maybe some of you to maybe recommit to Jesus, to this truth. But here's that massive encouragement I wanted to leave you with before we get there. The Bible itself, this book, the Bible itself is a clear picture of the gospel. Here's why. Check out this quote I got on the screen. We got that? Sweet. Just want to make sure it's really good. So, lean into this. It says, the Bible has been called the greatest story ever told. It's an adventure saga, a love story, and a historic epic rolled into one. But what makes God's word truly great is its power to transform lives and change eternal destinies. That's because every word of scripture has been breathed out by God. This fact should humble us each time we sit down with a Bible in hand. Whether we're reading for the simple joy of it or engaging in serious study, we are sitting at the feet of our God, which is no small privilege. It should tell us something about our maker that he has invited us to meet him within a story. An amazing but true tale that spans centuries, literary genres, languages, and cultures. Never forget that by speaking to us through a story, a proven vehicle for transmitting and receiving truth, God has graciously bent low to a place where our hearts could connect with him. And in this regard, the Bible itself is a beautiful picture of the gospel. Because God became man. He took on our frame so that we could understand and relate to him. And then now he communicates to us who he is in a way that we can understand and relate to him and connect with him. We can be set free because God has made it possible for us to know the truth. So keep showing up. Keep leaning in and let true things about God draw you closer to him. And there's more. Jesus, thank you for fall launch, God. What a gift tonight has been to see all these awesome students, God. You know every single one of them. God, you have more thoughts about them than there are sand, grains of sand on the entire earth. God, infinite thoughts for them. Would they find peace in that? That even though you know every ounce of them, you also love every ounce of them. And so Jesus, I, I believe and I pray that there are students in here right now who want to confess that you are Lord, that you are who you say you are, and that they want to believe truly for the first time in their heart that God raised you from the dead for them so that they could have life. So if that's you, friend, if that's you in this room, I want you to pray this prayer. And this prayer isn't like a magic formula to save you. It's, it's what the scripture said. Confess with your mouth. And so go tell someone after this. And it's believe in your heart. I can't believe in your heart for you. So that's, that's on you. But pray this prayer. Jesus. I know that you've been pursuing me. I know the fact that I'm here tonight is evidence that you're moving in my life. 
And right now, I just confess to you, Jesus, that I believe you are Lord. That I believe you are Lord. And God, I also believe that I can't get back to you on my own. I'm sorry for all the times I've tried to gain your acceptance, to gain your approval, to get back to you on my own. But thank you that I don't have to do that anymore. And all the times in the future when I will try to do that, Lord, would you have grace, grace upon grace. Because Jesus, I believe in, in my heart that you were raised from the dead for me. So God, would you save me? God, I invite you into my life to take over, be Lord of my life. I love you, Jesus. Yeah, if that's you, just say amen. Just agree. And if, if you're in here and you're like, man, I want to recommit my life to this thing. God is worth it. There's more. And just pray. God, show me more of yourself. Draw me closer to you. Teach me true things about you. And God, help me to live a life that is marked by the gospel that has already saved me. It's Jesus' name I pray.